This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is July 13th, 2020. You're back with Jonathan. I'm here with my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Usually I ask Luke how he's doing, uh, but I know he's not doing all that well last night after the UFC fights. You want to walk us through that, Luke? Oh, boy, man. UFC fights. First of all, to anyone that hasn't given UFC a chance during this quarantine, what are you doing? Because I gave UFC a chance, and it is it's incredible, first it of is. all. It is. It's awesome. I mean, maybe it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the, the caveman in me that just loves just like blood sports. Carnage. I'm not really sure. Just like dudes and women also like just going at it, and, and I, I don't know. It, pause. It's, it's a pause. But all that to say... It's a pretty incredible sport, and it it's more incredible when you get into knowing like what positions are, jeez, are good. Yeah, what are we doing here? What are we? Are, we're are, not what, even two minutes into this thing. <laughs> so Come on, clean it up. It's all that to say. There's strategy to the game, and I think the more that that you that you watch the sport, the better you get a handle on that, and it just makes it much more um, exciting. Uh, to know, you know, this person's in a really bad spot. Let's see how they can get out of it, that type of thing. I knew little to nothing about MMA prior to quarantine. Now I have watched every single event. I think there's been like six or seven. Um, there's another one this Wednesday. But the reason I you, you said that I wasn't doing well is because Max Holloway got the Aaron um, Gordon treatment. Yeah, he uh, he got the Aaron Gordon treatment. I saw that you tweeted out uh, a pretty funny thing last night uh, about you know the the handshake, the the um, the similarity. Aaron yes. Gordon, and Max Holloway, getting robbed. Facts. So um, yeah, no, it was just terrible. That that is the one thing, Jonathan, that I I do not like about the UFC in the short time I've watched it is fighters always say, "Don't let it go to the judges." Yep. Right. And I understood it, but not to the extent that I understand it now. Because after last night, judges scoring it essentially three. So it was split decision. One judge in favor of Holloway. Other one in favor of Volkanovski. It was the two judges that were in favor of Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was going to say, then it came down to that final decision of the final judge who also scored it like it was 3-2 in rounds one. And it was like Holloway definitely won rounds one and two. Volkanovski, you could give him four and five. And then right. three was different. Like, it was definitely some some blurriness there. But at the same time, most people were agreeing over social media between fighters, fans, everything. Regardless of affiliation, Holloway took round three and did well enough to win the fight. So... That was kind of what what irritated me last night. Let maybe left a, a sour taste in my mouth, um, because it, it just didn't make it didn't make sense. So I would love to see. There's there's uh, some monetary involvement. We can there there was a little. We can divulge that, I guess. And and so yeah, that, that my my hurt came from that as well. Yeah, it's but, understandable. We've all been there. Yeah, but it, it you know it it hurt even more seeing that everyone was saying besides those judges that Holloway won. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I love to see UFC try to figure out, I don't know how you do it, but just not have, they've got to be biased in some way. Like they're not perfect. And you've seen like refs in basketball um, have their issues. And when it comes to swinging a game, doing things like that, I don't think it's super common anymore. Um, but, um, you know, and UFC, I feel like it's pretty easy to kind of fudge the numbers. So, all that to say, Jonathan, it was a great night of fights. There were some pretty awesome fights, uh, uh, except for the Usman fight. That was pretty trash. Um, I just don't think Usman. <laughs> I don't think Usman's style is is fun. It's not entertaining. Um, it's not going to pull ratings that that like a Masvidal and Masvidal and like Conor McGregor fight would pull. Um, right. 
And that's just because of the, the type of fight. If, if that's the way Usman wants to defend his belt, for those of you guys who didn't see, just end the clench the entire time. Um, Masvidal Stomping tried. on Masvidal's toes. Yeah, which, by the way, doesn't feel I was feel, wincing. Doesn't I was feel watching great. that. It's, oh, it's terrible. So, yeah. Um, but fun night there. There's uh, fights again in Abu Dhabi this Wednesday um, on Fight Island. So it, it's good to have live Such sports. Such a good name. Yeah, a great name. Wonderful name. I take but, it you haven't watched too much boxing in your day. Uh, no. Aside boxing from like what largely, everybody, yeah, it, it's largely the same. Like you've watched like the you know Mayweather fights and, and stuff like that. But it, it it's feel I feel like refs and screwing up decisions is just really a, a issue with combat sports in general. Yeah. Um, to the point where people say that it's rigged and in all things like that. It's, but it's hard not to think that sometimes. No, I Solely, definitely get it solely because of that like you, nobody like i said nobody's perfect and everybody's got to lean one way or the other those judges like one of those fighters one way or the other even though they say they're not biased sometimes they might not be but like with two bigger guys like that who have already fought before it, and 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 you know volkanovsky being the current champ um i think he got a little bit of leeway there so you know well, it, you is kinda, it is kind of you kind of liken the you know the the UFC judges to NBA referees. I think honestly, the UFC judges have a much easier job. You know, the NBA referees, they're making hundreds of decisions mm-hmm. every single game, hundreds of judgment calls where I feel like a, a pretty casual fan can sit down, watch a fight and be like, that guy's winning. Yeah. That guy's losing. It's fighting. It's kind of carnal. It's kind of almost in all of us in a sense to where you just can watch a fight and know that guy's getting the crap kicked out of him. And that guy is having a great time. Yeah, and one of those big categories, we won't spend too much time on this because there is some magic news that I want to talk about. But, um, you know, there's there's stats that the common person that might not know that there are categories that that, that the judges are looking at. One of them being octagon control. Um, That's like one of the big, big categories. And so of how they score. And Max Holloway undoubtedly had octagon control 80% of that fight, just constantly pressing forward. Um, wasn't wasn't shying away, wasn't letting uh, Volkanovski gain control. It's just you know it. Like I said, it is what it is. It All just that felt like like probably sixty percent of the match. It felt like Max Holloway was winning the fight. Yeah, and and it was a consensus felt like nationally worldwide. But um, anyway, Jonathan is Markel Luke Fultz gonna is, is Markel Fultz gonna hit, join the bubble? Well, I just wanted everyone to know that you hit me with the the uh, the, the Joe Exotic. I will never financially recover from this meme. <laughs> and it and was absolutely phenomenal. And, and anyone listening, I don't need you thinking I put a hundred dollars no, in no, this no, fight. No, no, no. But if it would have won, it would have won me something like that. So right. I wasn't risking that much money, but Listen, I was going to gain. That Luke's not Luke's not in you know in, in any kind of trouble with paying his bills or anything <laughs> like that. Nobody think that we're just having a little bit of fun. Right. Yeah. Right. So it makes things exciting. It, is Markel Fultz going to enter the bubble? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I got I haven't had a, the opportunity to sit down and, and read the whole piece of what was said from Markel or sit down and watch that entire video just yet. I, part of me feels like they were asking Luke. Um, not Luke, not Luke. They're not asking <laughs> you, Luke, of course. <laughs> They're asking Clifford, do you know when Markel is going to enter the bubble? It, it said, was weird. It was This was a weird question quote the question and the quote don't line up so i'm i'm wondering like can i get a transcript because like you like you were about to say his response to if markel was gonna essentially this is the question if he's going to join the bubble was not definitely but i think it'll be soon right so the 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 latter part of that makes sense but i think it'll be soon the not definitely i don't even know what he's talking about this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's saying I don't know when he's definitely going to be back, right? right. Like he's he can't say it's going to be Thursday, right. but he thinks it's going to be soon. And, and for Markel Fultz here's not the, to join the bubble would be catastrophic to the Magic season, and just I, I I would need to know why. Like you're entitled to your your personal space and everything like that, and your privacy, but to just not come back, like I would just like a reason why. Yeah, but I think he's coming back. And I, I think people, including myself initially, read the not definitely part as not definitely coming back. But like you said, Steve Clifford probably was just saying he doesn't know definitely when he will be back. 
Right. So completely different things there. So I wanted to ask you, um, I think we, we both feel pretty confidently that Markel's coming back. So I'm just going to move yep. kind of to this next question here. You've seen guys like, you know, Rondo for like the prime example, complaining on social media about like the quality of the rooms and stuff like that. How, how do you feel about the NBA players? You know, it seems like it's more far and few between than it is the majority. But mm-hmm. how do you feel about these guys like complaining about like the accommodations at the hotels? Because it kind of it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. First of all, Rajon Rondo. If you told me, guess a player who's gonna be a spoiled brat about the rooms at Disney, and 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 I had three guesses. I promise, Rajon Rondo is one of my guesses. Perfect. And that's all there is. It is it, that that is what it is. And that's Rajon Rondo. That is on par. And they're staying at like the nicest, newest right. Disney ro- resort. Yeah, and and there's some people. Oh, Motel Six, huh? Like, bro, when was the last <laughs> time you were in a Motel Six? <laughs> like that place is bigger than my last apartment. For so, real. So, it, it, it's just it's absurd. But but there were you know, thankfully saving face for the NBA players as a whole. There was some former NBA players, NBA players who were like, it's not bad. It's right. not like it's not a Motel Six, and and sorry, Rajon Rondo, it might not be the Four Seasons Hotel where you probably stay in in every city that you travel to and you have throughout your career. But how about you just focus on 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 winning a ring, bud? Like, let's do that again. You you do that right. again, please. Speaking and, of um, you know the what these players are used to, uh, in every uh NBA city, you know, as we were kind of discussing earlier, there seems to be uh. Some rumblings of of possibly, you know, players inviting Instagram models to the to the bubble, um, if and when that time comes for their team. And one of these young ladies that you know we're mentioning said, "Yeah, this season is not finishing. They're already inviting me to the bubble." I don't think she understands what is going to be waiting for her if she does enter that bubble, as far as the quarantine, the testing, and everything like that. It ain't it ain't gonna be an NBA player waiting for her. It's gonna be one of those security guards and it's not gonna with a with a no swab right i just hope that the girl doesn't travel very far i because that's gonna be an awkward time home for her but um i don't think any of these girls are going to be dumb enough to try to do that however i do think there are nba players who are dumb enough to try to get them into the bubble because if you think about it, it it doesn't matter for them there's no consequences i wouldn't think it's just going to be like, hey, don't be an idiot. Like a girl came, said she was here for you or tried to sneak in or whatever it might have been. All it is slap on the wrist for the NBA players. Obviously, they're not taking into consideration the embarrassment this girl's going to go through trying well, to sneak in. So what I want to say to that is I know that the players are going to be allowed guests at some point. So I believe it's after the first round of the playoffs. They will be allowed to invite guests. Now, are you going to invite someone that you really don't know all that well that could po- potentially be in this bubble for a few weeks with you? Because the players are going to have to pay for any guests that come and stay at the resort. Does that include family? I, I believe it does include family. So even if your family comes, the NBA players are the ones that are going to be paying for them to stay there. Mm. So there are you know, plenty of young single guys in the NBA that don't have you know right. a, a spouse or, or kids yet. So... They're going to be needing some company, I guess you could put it. It's a possibility that they could be hitting up these different, uh, you know, people. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, there. it is not out of the, the realm of possibility, Jonathan, that when NBA players go on the road, they engage in activities. Extracurricular with, in nature. Right. With right. some women – and it's just not – I don't it, – it, it, that doesn't shock me. So these guys that are used to that on the road, they're spending months in this bubble, some longer than others. And, uh, you know, it's, it might be some trying times for them, Jonathan. But You, you know. never know. Well, all I can say is I hope everything makes it, you know, in and out of this whole situation as healthy as possible. And Correct. we really and need the NBA season to finish. That'd also, Jonathan, I think we vaguely – touched on last week talking about how you know 
people pose the the question of will NBA players abide by the the guidelines? But listen to some podcasts, did some thinking. You got teams like the Wizards, right? Right. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. What is stopping them from, you know, they're halfway through the season, they're 0 and 4. They know they understand the season's over. What is stopping them from just walking out that door? catching a flight and going all the way home um i would think there would probably be some type of like i don't know maybe not there's plenty of guys saying they're not going to come to the bubble so maybe there won't be any ramifications but i mean i think there's got to be some language somewhere that would prevent them from getting paid or you know whatever the case may be or just i mean dignity but like you tell somebody you're going to do something show up and do it yeah but what if they say i don't know Got a stomach bug. I'm not feeling well. It's been a couple days. My hand hurts. Uh, I'm not going to be of any use to the team anyway. I'm not going to play. So can I just leave? I I would be really surprised just given, you know, there's not a lot of veterans on that team. It's mostly young guys who are going to be, you know, fighting for, you know, their next contract and stuff like that. I so mean, I it doesn't have to be them. We can say it's the Suns. We can say oh, no. it's whoever. I mean, I'm but. just talking about, you know, anybody. I don't see a lot of veterans doing that. You know what I mean? You know, Oh yeah, younger. maybe maybe not veterans, but some players with attitudes who are mad they're not winning. Well, just make sure they never sign with the Magic, and I and I'll be fine. It's true, I'll be fine. So, Spe- let, what were you going to take it? Go. For I was it. just going to say. Speaking of the Magic, how about Mister Swole Bamba? Dude, Mo Bamba. I said this a few weeks ago. Looked like he ate Mo Bamba, <laughs> and on that Zoom call, he looks literally yoked. His face somehow is defined. I don't really know what it is. It looks almost swollen. Uh, so I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited to see if his production goes up, if he's able to kind of play a little bit more bully ball and hold his own down there. Um, that was really the you know one of the things that that he needs to improve is just to add some muscle. And I mean he's a big guy. Long wingspan, obviously. He's on the magic, you know. So, uh, you know, that building that muscle would was the next step. And I think if he can do this, and who knows, maybe he needs that a little more. I really don't know. But 20 pounds of muscle, that's, that's not too bad. Well, the, the great modern poet Aubrey Drake Graham once said, I got to watch my back because I'm not just anybody. Um, I think that's going to be Vooch. He's got to watch his back. Mo Bamba yeah. is, is putting on the pounds. And, I you know, I've got to think that. He definitely eventually wants to become the starting center of the Orlando Magic. Uh, Vooch looks pretty cut as well. I mean, Aaron Gordon definitely put on some muscle, as, as Luke77 in the Twitch chat, what's going on, man, mentioned. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I don't think Mo put on the you know 28 pounds or whatever it is that he's claiming of muscle, but uh, just the fact that he was able to stay diligent during all this stuff that's going on, work on his body, because that's all what we've all been saying, right? He definitely needs to fill out. And this just might be part of his body naturally, physically maturing, but he's definitely putting the work in, which is it, it's really a great sign hey, in my opinion. Listen, kudos to Mo Bamba. Even though I know it's his job as the NBA and his physique, I know I didn't sh- didn't put on the muscle weight or shed any pounds during this quarantine because of what it is. You know, it's just like uh, we've been so bored. So for him to take that boredom and make it into production of gaining that muscle. Good for him. Facts. All right, so we're 20 minutes deep into this. We're going to get into this week's episode. We're going to do our best to break down the Western Conference, all the teams that are going to be in the bubble, that are currently in the bubble. We're going to kind of go through their schedule, what we think their records are going to be like, and then how we think the standings are going to break down at the end of the season. So we're not going to spend too much time on the top teams, kind of like we did last week, because largely like the the number one seed is, is cemented by the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but then, you know, when we talk about the, the Clippers and, and Nuggets, might be a little bit of movement there. Um, but really, when we talk about like the, you know, what is now the four through like the seventh seed, there's a lot of room for movement there. And there's a lot of room for movement for that, you know, eighth and ninth spot. So, uh, Luke, let's get into this. Uh, let's talk about the Lakers. So the Lakers are going to start off. I'll just kind of read through their schedule really quickly. So we're looking at Clippers, Raptors, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Nuggets, Kings are going to be the Lakers eight games what do you think happens what is their record in the bubble um you know Jonathan 
my answer to this is going to be a whole lot like it was when we went over the Bucks schedule, which is doesn't matter. They're five and a half games ahead of the Clippers. The Clippers aren't making up that ground. The Clippers need to just look over their shoulder and make sure the Nuggets or the Jazz aren't passing them. So when it comes to the Lakers, I'll go ahead and say they go six and two. I, I you know, I'm I don't know if they'll go eight and zero. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me, but six and two, I feel like is a safe conservative thing. Uh, record wise, I think they'll go six and two. They'll hold on to that one spot. I, that's not even close to being in jeopardy. So when we talked about the Eastern conference last week, you know, I talked about the fact that, uh, you know, if the bucks get far enough ahead, they might just decide to rest like Giannis and Chris Middleton and some of those guys. I feel like my attitude towards that has kind of changed because this is my thinking. These guys haven't played basketball in four months. They need as much basketball as they can get right now to get in rhythm for the playoffs. So I actually have the Lakers going 7-1. and one. The only reason I had them dropping one game, the first game to the Clippers, is because I didn't want to say they're going to go 8-0. No. I feel like that's going to be pretty difficult to do. Uh, but I feel like they'll, they might drop that first game to the Clippers. Um, but then I just have them steamrolling the rest of the way through. So Raptors, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Nuggets, Kings, Lakers finish up seven and one, secure the one seed, and the the you know the Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and those boys uh, will be hitting their rhythm as they get into the playoffs. So, what about the Clippers, Luke? Uh, yeah. So if you look at the Clippers' schedule, they they start as everybody knows the highly anticipated Lakers Clippers matchup, which is the one I'm most excited about outside of being a Magic fan. Looking forward to the Magic's first game. Um, is the Lakers Clippers? Um, they they've got Lakers, Pelicans, Suns. Mavs, Blazers, Nets, Nuggets, OKC. So I'd say that's a pretty moderate schedule, especially for them, that they can handle. Um, I do have them um, winning that first game against the Lakers. Um, I've ha- I have them losing to the Blazers and the Nuggets. Um, the Blazers? And s- tell me more. Well, first, we can talk about the Nuggets first, and then I'll, I can get into the Blazers. But... Um, I just think that the the, the Nuggets um, they're they're a solid team in the West. Uh, I think that they've you know obviously they've they've got their guys and they I think they did pretty well this year against the Clippers. Um, I let me look that up because I'm pretty positive. Well, I've got so I've got the Clippers as you're looking that up. I've got the Clippers basically winning their first seven games, losing the last game. Um, just like the Lakers, pretty much. I, I really don't see them losing to too many of these teams, but I didn't want to say that they're going to go 8-0. Right. Um, I just, especially in this type of environment, which is essentially going to be a pickup game, I think Chris Paul, who is the ultimate competitor, he's had four months now um, just to continue to work on his body and continue to get in even better shape and rest up and everything like that. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was also playing really well. Uh, Dennis Schroeder as well. Um, so I, I, re- I really like the Thunder, um, and I, I do think by that time, um, you know, just based off of the way that I see it going for the Nuggets, I have the Clippers wrapping up uh, the second seed uh, heading into that final game, so they won't really need that game. And if there's going to be any two players that you would want to rest in this scenario, I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are pretty much prime candidates, have a slew of you know, injury history, um, you know, you want to keep those guys healthy. So if anybody's going to rest, I could definitely see it being those guys. And also kind of talking about the Clippers, um, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, pretty sure that I saw that Landry Shamit is not going to be in the bubble. Have you heard one way or the other? I think I heard something similar to that. I'm going to look it up right now if you want to keep going. I'm, I'm pretty positive that. that Landry Shamit is going to be not with the team. And Yes, he's not incredible, but he is someone a guy that gives you ten points a game, um, and, and can provide points if needed. So I think that that'll be somewhat of a hit. I don't think it'll be too big of a hit, but it could be um, in games against guys like the Blazers. I mean, the Blazers are are no slouches. They're they're one of the better teams that is so that that is low in the West, right? So, so. sorry, uh, Landry Shaman, he did uh, test positive for coronavirus. Um, but he uh, he's not being ruled out as of right now. So as it's of right still now, kind so of TBD. Knows? Yeah. So if he's there, I mean, he does make a difference. Um, but with the Blazers, um, I I like I like you've said, like 
it's hard to say that a team, especially even the Clippers, is going to go 8-0. Um, and like I said with the Lakers, if they do, won't surprise me. But as of now, I've got them, most importantly, taking two losses, going 6-2, and two, um, and, you know, losing those games to Blazers, Nuggets. Um, Blazers kind of the second half of the regular season. Um, who knows? It's right after they uh, play the Mavs. Um, that'll be a hard-fought game. And then going into the Blazers, I mean, Dame's always going to give it his all, and so we'll see. Yeah, man, I'm, that's another guy, him and CJ, really excited to see what they're going to be able to do in the bubble. So next we're going to talk about the what is currently the fourth seed, the Utah Jazz. So uh, they're going to start against the Pelicans, then they face the Thunder, Lakers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Nuggets, Mavericks, and Spurs. Luke, I've got them dropping games to the Thunder, Lakers, and the Nuggets, uh, winning their other five games against the Pelicans, Grizzlies, Spurs, Mavs, and the Spurs again. Uh, to finish five and three in the the final eight games here. Hmm. Yeah, I I've just got um, I've got the Jazz going three and five, so um, I've got them dropping to the Pels, uh, OKC, Lakers, Spurs because they didn't do that well in the regular season against them. So we'll see how they can do um, in the resumption of the league and the Nuggets. See, we'll talk about the Spurs more in, in a moment, but uh, a, a big thing for me is just the fact they're not going to have LaMarcus Aldridge. So outside of DeMar, you know, their their next leading scorer is Bryn Forbes, who I think averaged like 11.7 points per game or something like that. So uh, it's definitely going to be up to guys, um, you know, like DeJunte Murray, uh, you know, and, uh, and Derek White to, to step up for that team. Uh, Bryn Forbes as well, but um, yeah, definitely going to be a big load on uh, – on, um, DeMar DeRozan, good grief, forgot his name for a moment. It's not the easiest name to remember. But anyways, um, yeah, so I guess uh, we'll we'll move on uh, to the Thunder here. So Thunder are looking at Jazz, Nuggets, Lakers, Grizzlies, Wizards, Suns, Heat, and then the Clippers, Luke. Yeah, um, I've got them going four and three, um, picking up you know games against the Jazz, Grizzlies, Wizards, and Suns, dropping games to the Nuggets, Lakers, Heat, and Clippers. Um, so that, you know, that is kind of a, a little bit of a rough schedule for OKC. Um, but I do have them going better than the jazz. So they're, they'll tighten that gap from the four to the five. Yeah. For some reason, I've just got this embedded in my brain that Chris Paul is just going to play really, really well in this type of environment. Um, and that is kind of why I picked them to go six and two. So I have them just dropping games to the Lakers and the Clippers, and I have them winning really the rest of the way. Uh, Jazz, Nuggets, uh, Grizzlies, Wizards, Suns. I feel like those three games are, are pretty much gimmies there, uh, and then beating the the Heat as well. Part of it is I just don't really care for the Heat, and I want to see them lose as many <laughs> games as possible. So, um, but yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, the Rockets, and then we can talk a little bit about you know what the seating might look like. Like we mentioned, when it comes to the Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunders, Rockets, Mavericks, it's it's a really really close uh, battle here to to end the season. Yeah, it it is, and you know, the like you said, it's it's close. So it's from the one to seven spot, incredibly close. Um, and then the seven to the eight, we were kind of talking about that drop off earlier. Um, is seven game difference between the seven seed and the eight seed, and then you've got that that just clump of teams from the nine to the eleven, that being the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, that are all tied and record. Um, being three and a half games behind the Grizz. And then you've got the Spurs that are a half game behind the Kings. So, um, and you've got the Suns, whatever. So um, there's, there's a lot, but essentially you're in two different just stratospheres with this stand, with the standings in this conference. But both are very interesting and both have their own narratives. Right. So with the, with the Rockets, so they're starting with the Mavericks and then they face the Bucks, the Blazers, the Lakers, the Kings, the Spurs, the Pacers, the 76ers. I personally have them going uh, six and two, only dropping games to the Bucks and the Lakers. Uh, how about you, Luke? Talk to me about, you know, the, the way that you see it wrapping up for the Rockets. And then we can specifically talk about, you know, what, you know, especially like that three through seventh seed, what that's going to look like uh, for the Western Conference here. Yeah, so with the Rockets, I've got them kind of starting off shaky. I've got them losing to the Mavs uh, and the Bucks and the Lakers and picking up their wins against the Blazers um, and then ending on a four-game win streak against Kings, Spurs, Pacers, Sixers. So I've got them going five and three. 
So the way that it's kind of broken down for me, and just to, to remind the listeners here, so I've got the Lakers and the Clippers both going 7-1. and one. So I feel like the 1-2 and two seed, especially for me, are really solidified. Uh, but I think uh, when, it, when it comes down to the 3, uh, really through the 6-7th the seed, it really gets pretty interesting. So I've got the Nuggets, who right now, they are a game and a half up on the Jazz. I've got them winning four games. I've got the Jazz winning five games. So it's not going to be enough for the Jazz uh, in my opinion, to jump to the three seeds. So we're really looking at um, the Jazz, Thunder, and Rockets for me is where there's going to be the most movement. So I've got the Jazz going five and three. I've got the Thunder going six and two, and I've got the Rockets going six and two. So right now, um, both of those teams, the Thunder and the Rockets, are only a game behind the Jazz. So I've actually got both the Thunder and the Rockets leaping the Jazz to be the fourth seed and the fifth seed. I've got the Jazz dropping to six, Luke. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it now. Of course, I didn't do the math prior, um, but looking at it, um, I'm, I have the same thing. I've got OKC is the four, Rockets five, Jazz six, and then the, all three, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, holding their spots. Yeah, it's, it's really going to be so much fun to watch these games. The cool thing, you know, we've kind of talked about this, is for those, it's going to be like 15 or, or 17 days, something like that, for from the first game until the last game of what's going to be, you know, the end of the regular season there. But basically, it's, it's going to feel like, you know, the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament there for a few weeks where there's a game on all day, every day for like two whole weeks. Yeah. So especially, yeah. you know, watching those games and, and, and watching how the, the Western Conference, you know, playoff race is going to shake out is just going to be so, so entertaining to watch. I mean, outside of, of, of the Magic, of course, but and, and being going to be fun. Being someone who had March Madness just ripped away from them. Uh, we, were, we were right there. We were right there, and they just took it out of our hands. So now that we get this, uh, th- that was the biggest thing about March Madness that, that everybody loves is that there's games all day, every day for so long. Um, and that's going to what this that's going to be what the NBA season feels like when they come back. And it's going to be a lot of fun um, to finally have basketball back, but also have it at any time of the day. Right. And the reason um, just just to kind of um, go back and visit this really quickly, if everyone is looking at the standing. So uh, the way that that's going to break down is that the Jazz, the Thunder and the Rockets would all really end up with the same record there at the end of the season. But right now, the Thunder actually hold two to one tiebreakers over both the Rockets and the Jazz and the Rockets hold a two to one tiebreaker over the Jazz. So um, and that's actually not currently because the Thunder and the Jazz are actually going to be playing each other. So that is under the assumption that the Thunder win that first game against the Jazz. So if it doesn't go that way, then things are obviously going to be a little bit different. But that's kind of the whole reason that we're doing this, to, to give our predictions and the, and the way that it's it's going to shake out, Luke. But let's talk about the Mavericks. Uh, yeah, the the Mavericks, they've got a an interesting middle uh, of the schedule. They do have, you know, Clippers, Bucks. Um, Jazz, and then they finish with Blazers, Suns, um, starting with the Rockets, too. So I've got them beating the Rockets, as I've already said. Um, I've got them beating the Rockets, beating the Suns. Um, I just think there's going to be an L dropped here by the Mavs. That just doesn't make sense. I'm going that they lose to the Kings, uh, lose to the Clippers, lose to the Bucks, lose to the Jazz, um, and then beating the Blazers and the Suns to finish the season uh, to go 4-4. Four and four. So I've kind of I've got they're going four and four in my my opinion as well. Um, I just don't have them really dropping that weird game. I just have them losing to the Rockets uh, and knowing that they need to beat the Sun. Well, they don't really need to beat anybody here. Uh, you know the Grizzlies are so far behind that the Mavericks really just need to win you know one or two games to solidify the seventh seed. But uh, at least for morale, you know beat the Suns, beat the Kings, three straight losses like you mentioned: Clippers, Bucks, Jazz picking up those two wins at the end, Blazers and Suns. Really, one of the storylines that I'm just the most excited for is to see the playoff debut of Luka Doncic. He's just been so much fun since entering the league. A lot of people feel like he has the potential to you know, really be a, an all-timer. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's going to be super exciting to see him in that setting. Yeah, it stinks that it's going to have to be in that setting. <laughs> um but but it'll be fun nonetheless to see Luca do his thing. Luca's just I mean obviously he's one of those guys that um, his game just is gonna age well, um, and so to see him um, kind of 
his evolution probably from from now until the end of his time. Um, whether he, I hope he stays in a Mavs uniform the whole time. That'd be cool to have Dirk do that, and then Luca do the same thing. Um, but to kind of see his his game develop, but also stay the same, um, because he does so many things right that you got to think he'll continue to be the same player, just a little bit better every year. Um, so to see him in this weird format will be interesting. See how he handles it. And then moving forward, I just can't express, I mean, Luka Doncic is one of the brightest futures in the NBA, no doubt. He's just, he's like a appointment television. Like if I know that he's going to be playing on TNT on like a Tuesday night, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing anything tonight. Right. I'm sitting down and watching Luka play. So, uh, it'll definitely be, you know, really, really fun and really interesting to see him in that playoff format. But I think we're both pretty much in agreement here the way the, you know, the, the standings are going to shake out. The Mavericks obviously aren't going anywhere at seven. They're not really going to be able to, uh, I don't think, be able to make up enough ground really to, to get to the sixth seed. But uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to wait what, and see. What did you have uh, the Mavs going again? Four and four, just like you did. So, and what did you have the Jazz going? I had the, the, the Jazz going five and three. Okay, so actually, there's been a shakeup, Jonathan. Doing the math here, I've got the Jazz at the seven spot. The Mavs jump up to the six because I do have the Ooh. Jazz going three and five. Interesting. Wow, so the Jazz are just in for a bad they're, time. They're, they're not going to have a good time. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It'll definitely be interesting. I just I think that you know Donovan Mitchell, you know. Um, Rudy Gobert, you know, there's been some semblance of some issues, you know, with their team chemistry. But, I mean, 41 and 23 to this point. Like, they, they've been one of the better teams in the entire NBA for but, the, you know, overwhelming part of the season. They're just three games behind the Clippers. As good as the Clippers have been, you know, the Jazz are, have been right there, you know, nipping at their heels. Yeah, but you have to take into consideration Gobert has talked about, you know, not getting the ball as much, and there's been – um there's been some issues that they've had on the court between him and Donovan Mitchell. Now you've got the COVID thing that it was well documented that the two players didn't see eye to eye after that whole thing happened. They already had some, a little bit of issues on court um, and gelling that way. So I just can't help but think that they might have a very, very bad time being quarantined seeing each other every day like they do during the normal regular season. But, oh, yeah, Rudy Gobert gave COVID to Donovan Mitchell. Now, that that remains to be seen, right? It, it's suspected. I don't know if that's been confirmed that it definitely was from Rudy Gobert. It's probably pretty likely. But I love the fact that you just brought up about chemistry because I feel like chemistry isn't really being talked about enough um, when it comes to you know what's going to go on in this bubble, right? Because you have to think, there's no escaping your teammates. It's not, all right, we had a, a bad game last night. Okay, we're going to go into practice. I got to deal with these guys for two or three hours. Then I'm going to go back home, right? right? It's okay. We all played like crap yesterday. Now we're all talking trash to each other on the way back to the rooms. Mm-hmm. Now we got to practice together tomorrow. Oh, and now I see you know Donovan Mitchell. Now I got to go see him at the pool or in the game room when I'm trying to relax, right? right. So chemistry with these teams, I think, is really going to be a huge thing. Like I, I like to think the Magic maybe don't have the best chemistry in the league, but overwhelmingly they, they seem to have a good culture and, and, and good chemistry. Everybody seems to like each other and get along. You know what I mean? So yeah. I definitely think you know teams like that, um, you know, when we talk about teams like uh, you know the Los Angeles Lakers, or we talk about you know teams like the Toronto Raptors or, or the Boston Celtics, who really seem like they like playing together and, and get along with each other. Uh, I think that is really going to go a long way, and I don't know that that's been talked about enough as we get ready to go into the bubble. Well, not really we, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, also, I saw today that uh, James Ennis has joined the bubble. Perfect. So I'm not going to say that he was the one that was positive for COVID, but I'm going to hint at it because it was day one in the bubble for him today. Well, and this we is what they said. They said there were three players that were not in the bubble. It was Alfaruk Aminu, who was rehabbing. It was Markel Fultz for a non-COVID issue. And then it was an unnamed player that had coronavirus. So if anybody is entering the bubble at this point, that's not Markel and it's not Aminu. It's got to be the person that had coronavirus. 
yeah. So James Ennis, there you go. We're no Sherlock Holmes, but we're close. So well, this is the thing that I, I just kind of want to lay out, uh, you know, for for some people that are listening, because there's been some kind of some people that are saying, oh, you know, this really just needs to stay private. You know, it's a personal matter. It's a health matter. I completely understand that, but I think that we need to start looking at coronavirus more like an injury rather than like yeah. this this like plague because you can do all the right things, right? If other people aren't being cautious and, and taking the, the proper precautionary measures, anybody could get coronavirus, guys. Yeah. There, there's nothing like it doesn't mean that it there's doesn't anything discriminate. Wrong with, Exactly. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with this person or that they weren't doing what they were supposed to. You can do everything right and still get this thing. Yeah. There is a, a weird thing about it's like COVID. A stigma. That, but yeah, there there is that stigma about COVID. But to an extent, it's kind of proven to be true. And I don't know why. I, I don't I haven't had it. So I don't know what the feeling is when you find out you have it. But I, I do have a friend that tested positive for COVID. And he said um it's embarrassing right so and that's, yeah it's, and and it's unfortunate and, and i get it but i don't because I, I i can't relate but i do feel like you know maybe there there is that embarrassment so maybe that is the keep it right. private type thing but when and the I magic that, are, but it's when the magic are saying things and literally just letting you figure it out for yourself and unofficially but officially saying this is who has covid it's not that deep I don't think I think James Ennis obviously is fine. Um, so while I do understand both sides, COVID is a real thing. COVID is um, can be deadly for some people um, and some people it's deadly for them out of nowhere. So um, they didn't have prior health problems, whatever it may be. But the fact of the matter is these NBA guys are and are the best athletes in the world. Their bodies can shake COVID. Um, and so we're just glad that, that James Ennis is healthy and will be able to contribute some minutes for us, uh, come the season here and hopefully, and those scrimmages, Jonathan, which are going to be televised on July 22nd. Shout out to Fox sports, Florida, the real MVP. Mm -hmm. They know. And, and that's the other cool part is seeing guys like, like Dante and, and David Steele and those guys that are just, you know, pumped to, to be able to bring basketball back and, and talk and be on air. A hundred percent, man. So let, let's talk about this eighth seed in the West, right? So uh, we talked about the teams that we think are going to be one through seven. So now we're talking about the Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns that are all going to be theoretically fighting for that eighth uh, seed. So let's start uh, with the Grizzlies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, Jonathan. The Grizzlies aren't going to have a good time. No. They're, they're going to have a terrible time at the happiest place on earth. It's going to be atrocious. If you look at their schedule, Jonathan, it's Blazers, uh, Spurs, Pelicans, Jazz, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, Bucks. They legitimately might have the toughest schedule out of any team uh, that is going to be in the bubble. And it's unfortunate, Jonathan. I'm just going to go ahead and say I've got them going 1-7. and seven. Um, I have them beating the Spurs. And that's about it. Same. Yeah, I just think I think they're as exciting and as good as they've been at times this season. I just think they're still so young. When you're talking about uh, John Morant, you're talking about Brandon Clark, you're talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, they they have good players on the you know on their roster. Uh, talking about like a a, a Dylan Brooks or a, a Yalis Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas, excuse me. Um, but I just don't think it's going to go well. I don't see. The two games, in my opinion, that are winnable for them are the first two, Blazers, Spurs. I don't think I see Dame going into that environment and losing to the Grizzlies. Right, and and here's the craziest thing. We don't have to talk too much about the Grizzlies here because, it's it, like I said, it's just not going to go well. Um, if I'm the Grizzlies, I am livid looking below me in the standings and seeing – Oh, what what's the Pelicans schedule like? You know, we've got this gauntlet where we end with the Thunder Raptors Celtics Bucks. The the Pelicans got to have a couple tough games in there, right, Jonathan? Uh you look at that. It's Jazz, Clippers, Grizzlies, Kings. There's your there's your easy one. Uh and Wizards, there's another easy one. Spurs, another apparently easy one. Kings and then the toughest game on the schedule, the Orlando Magic, to end the season. So oh, I feel bad absolutely. for the Pelicans Much there. tougher than the Clippers. Much yeah, tougher. Yeah, yeah. So if you're the Grizzlies, you're not feeling great at all. 
because it just looks like it's not in the cards for you. It looks like the NBA wanted Zion Williamson to be in the playoffs, so they said, uh, where can we cut this off so it's not so obvious the Pelicans are the reason we're, we're doing this extended thing. Uh, right. We'll cut it off at the Suns at 13, and it's like, all right, I guess. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, we don't really know what the reasoning is, but the Pelicans are going to have a much easier schedule than the Grizzlies. And guess what? It sets up for some extra ratings, Jonathan, because as it stands, I've got the Celtics or the Pelicans going six and two, the Grizzlies going one and seven. That means we're going to see a play in game. That's more viewership for ESPN or whoever's carrying this. And, uh, it, it just it's money. I think regardless of, of what was going to happen with whoever's schedule, just because you know, looking at you know Portland, right? Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento are all tied for ninth place right now in the Western Conference. They're all three and a half games back of Memphis. Um, just kind of, regardless of how the schedules turned out, I think we were going to see a play-in game there anyways. But I'm definitely not mad about it. You know, seeing John ja Morant and, and Zion Williamson, you know, the two biggest names from from last year's draft. Um, seeing them, you know, go toe to toe in potentially three playing games. Well, yeah, you've got to understand. I don't know. I guess that counts as the postseason, or potentially two playing games. Excuse right. me. Right. So I'm guessing that's the postseason. Um, but let's see. We do get to see them their third games uh, in the bubble. At least the Pelicans' third game. They they play the Grizzlies there. So you'll get kind of that prelim to the play in. Um, but you got to understand the regular season's not over yet, Jonathan. So these guys are still going head to head for rookie of the year. True. So you get that Grizzlies. I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I just got chills thinking about jaw and Zion going against each other with rookie of the year. My wife just looked at me funny, by the way, when I said I had chills. So about watching two men get all sweaty. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Nothing weird about that at all. But it is the it, it, and that just shows how much I've missed basketball and talking about it. But um, you know, getting them to go against each other and what is still the regular season. Yes, these are seeding games, but I I believe it's the regular season and will be counted as such. So to see Zion and Jaw go head to head against each other in these um, circumstances um, for the first time together, it's going to be really interesting, Jonathan, to see which player gets the better of the other. As excited as I am, you know, to, to watch these guys go head to head, I'm a big Damian Lillard fan, and we we've kind of jumped over the Blazers a little bit. You know, so much excitement, obviously and deservedly so, going to be around the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. But we we do need to talk about the the, the Blazers here really really quickly. So yeah. um, I don't see it going all that well for the Blazers. They do have a pretty tough schedule themselves. So they open against the Grizzlies, but then they have the Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, Sixers. Mavericks, and then they finish with the Nets. Luke, I have them going two and six to finish the season. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jonathan. Um, I am going to be real honest. I looked at the schedule and said I'm not even predicting anything for this because uh, there's no point. They're they're not they're not going to make any any headway, and they definitely don't have a schedule like the Pelicans. So why bother? Well, we can we can break this down. I guess the last three teams, you know, really really quickly. But just so that you guys just have a feel for the way this is going to go for the Kings, Spurs, and Suns, at least in my opinion, I have those three teams. So they're going to play what like twenty four games between the three of them. I have them winning a total of three of those games, Luke. It's not good, and 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 here's the thing: these teams might win a few more than we predicted because at the end of the day. It is the NBA. Uh, teams don't win always win games against teams that uh, they should. Um, some teams are known to play down to their competition. Um, some teams are known to play up to their com- competition. And you've got these teams that are at the end, um, that you know, at the bottom of the Western Conference, who've got nothing to lose at this point. So um, we might see some games where those winning teams come in sluggish. They're overlooking them. They've got a good. They play a good team. The you know the in the next couple days, so they're overlooking that. We've seen that so many times. So there. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I'm sure I can speak for both of us when I say we will not be surprised when there's upsets when the Suns beat some teams they shouldn't. Um, but well, this is why we don't bet on NBA basketball. That that is true. You have a point because I'm, I'm I don't I don't know. 
if I'm going to touch that. We can we can revisit these uh, results in a few weeks from now and see how we did. I guarantee you it's going to be not anywhere near close to what we have here, but, you know, this is fun. It's fun, but at the end of the day, I think that the general results will be pretty similar to what we predicted, um, such as with the Pelicans, Grizzlies being the ones that do those playing games. Um, you know, the Jazz probably falling a few spots. Um I think that some of those things will come true, but that'll be, that'll be fun to, to revisit um, our notes and see how wrong we were and uh, kind of humble us there. So I did just want to touch on this really quickly. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but the Kings, uh, they, they start with the Spurs, Magic, Mavericks, Pelicans, Nets, Rockins, Rockets, Pelicans, and Lakers. Luke, I've got them winning two games. What about you? Um, we'll give them. This is the same scenario for me as as it was um, for what, for the for what we just discussed. Um, I'll give them three. Um, but while I I will say it, it's good that they get to play the Pelicans twice. Um, that's someone they're going right up against. So if they can split that series with them, that'd be great. Um, I've got them stealing one of those games just because it, it is hard to beat a team multiple times, especially in that short amount of time. Um, but who knows what happens, but I, I do have the Kings at least picking up, uh, a win against the Pelicans and, and trying to, uh, do the best they can to make up some ground for kind of the advantage it feels like the Pelicans have. Yeah. They definitely have to feel like their, you know, their destiny is in their own hands. You know, if they, they put together, you know, a few wins here, they're going to have a chance to, you know, make a push for, uh, that playing game. So let's talk about the Spurs. Luke, I've got the Spurs losing every single game. Like I mentioned, because there's no LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, DeMar DeRozan is going to have to completely shoulder the load. He's definitely a guy that's capable of doing that and getting you a few wins, but they don't have an easy schedule. So it's Kings, Grizzlies, 76ers, Nuggets, Jazz, Pelicans, Rockets, Jazz. We talked about this last week. It's like a, a trend because all the teams that are at this bubble are competing for playoff spots. So it feels like every single team that's on your schedule is a good team. Yeah, I've got them picking up uh, at least a win or two. Um, one of them being that random win to the Jazz, um, just because there has to be some weird, chaotic wins and losses and games that it shouldn't be happening remotely close. But um, yeah, I, I mean they they don't really they don't stand a chance here, Luke. And then we took to you know take a look at the Suns. So this first game for the Suns really has major implications Luke we both said the Wizards are not going to win a game right yeah if if the Suns don't win this first game against the Wizards it might be the Suns that don't win a game so they've got the Wizards then they've got the Mavericks Clippers Pacers Heat Thunder Sixers Mavs it it is truly the battle of the worst teams in the bubble for the Suns and, and the Wizards. loser goes eight and oh and eight yeah I think the Suns pick it up um that first game. So do I. So, Wizards, sorry. Uh, Suns, um, you know, it is what it is for them. They, they're they going to win one game, maybe two, possibly three, but probably two is where I'm landing. Gotcha. Well, that pretty much wraps it up, guys. You've heard, you know, what we have to say about the Western Conference teams. We'll try to, you know, re-visit you know, re- uh, this in a few weeks after, you know, the, the regular season has ended. But um, definitely going to be pretty exciting. But, Luke, what, what's the thing that you're most excited for when it comes to the Western Conference playoff race? Um, I, I'm After talking about it, I think that um, I think that it'll be interesting um, to see what happens with the Jazz. I think that that'll be a fun storyline. Um, I'm most looking forward to seeing how the Pelicans play uh, with Zion um, and how the Grizzlies fare with their um, gauntlet of a schedule as well. I think that's probably the most exciting for me. Um, but if you look at the playoffs and what that could be, um, I believe after looking at my what I predict, um, it'll be Lakers, Pelicans, uh, Clippers, Jazz, Mavs Nuggets, which would be a lot of fun, and then you've got a four or five matchup of Thunder and Rockets. That's spicy. 
That is. And this is a that that is a matchup where I would love I wish it was back to normal. I wish that we were back playing in stadiums. I, I, I wish that are in arenas. I wish that, you know, OKC could feel the home court advantage when they had games at home at Chesapeake. Um because that that crowd is incredible. Um, and the Rockets is as well. So it would be awesome um, for them to to travel back and forth and, and to see that. But unfortunately, we don't get that this year. Um, but there is, you know, the storyline of OKC and uh, and the Rockets. You've got you've got CP3 and Russ. You don't need to see it, say anything else um, because it I mean, that's going to be an intense battle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially you look at Lakers Pelicans. If this was normal. You know, just the the playoff, you know, the TV ratings alone, you know, Zion versus LeBron would just be absolutely incredible. I'm definitely really excited to see what happens uh, with those middle seeds in the West. My guilty pleasure, um, you know, I'm a a Dame fan, 100%. He's one of my favorite players uh, in the league that's not on the Orlando Magic. Um, But I'm hoping that the Blazers can find a way to to get hot um, and make it to a playing game. You know, maybe, you know, against the Grizzlies or, you know, whatever is going to happen there. But um, a lot of things to be excited for. I'm so just grateful that basketball is going to be back. It just seems like all day, every day, there's going to be something to talk about, something to watch on TV. It's going to be a much-needed escape from the last, you know, four months. Um, Yeah, and there is one more thing I see in the Twitch chat. Um, the, The question was, do we think that the additions of Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley give the Nets a chance at the seventh seed. It's a good question, but absolutely not. <laughs> I, uh, uh, if you go back and look, Jamal Crawford last played 2018-19 season, uh, eight points a game, which doesn't sound too bad, but then you look, he shot 39.7% from the field, 33% from three. He's 39 years old. Um, and if you look at Beasley, Beasley is Beasley. Um, he might give you a game. He and Jamal Crawford. Don't get me wrong. Dr- might Jamal give Crawford you a game. might give you a game, maybe two. You really can't sleep on Jamal Crawford in that sense, especially when there's not a lot of talent around him, and he's got to put make some points. And I think he could do that. Um, Beasley can give you a, a game. Um, you know, his last time with the Lakers, 2018-19 season, averaging seven a game, uh, shooting 49% from the field. So really, not too bad there. Um, but shooting 17% from three, but only shooting, you know, 0.7 a game, uh, threes a game. So I, all that to say, it's not going to make a huge splash. It'll make for an exciting highlight to see Jamal Crawford come back and, and, and who knows, put up a 30, 40 point game. I think he can do it. Um, especially on the nets when they've got nobody else. So. I love Jamal Crawford. Uh, I think he's just an awesome human being, first and foremost. Um, I also love his game, just kind of the herky-jerky you know, style that he has, the ability to pull up from anywhere you know, when he was in his prime. That being said, if this was like the basketball tournament or Peach Jam or like the big three, I'd say 100% Jamal Crawford has you know, the ability to make a huge impact. But for all the reasons you just mentioned, 39 years old, the efficiency is definitely not what it once was. He's 39 years old. I mean, that's really the, where I think you can start it and leave it. The The efficiency isn't has never really been there. Um, he shoots a career 41% from the field, a career 34.8% from three. Um, even when he was... You know, even when he was scoring 20 points a game, he's shooting 41% from the field. So um, there was still a, a little bit left to be desired about Jamal Crawford. He's going to lose the net some games, and he's going to win them some games. I was more so referring to just the ability to put him out on the floor for a few minutes and him oh. heat up and, and drop four threes You know, yeah. in a six-minute stretch. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And, like and, you said, he might be able to give you a game, but... It's unlikely. But also, last question, then we'll wrap it up. We've gone a little long here, but that's all right because we're excited about basketball coming back. Um, but since we last spoke, I believe he wasn't on the roster yet. J.R. Smith uh, being on the Lakers. A, he has officially signed since our last episode. He yes. has officially signed. And hey, talk about being appreciative of the accommodations. J.R. Smith, very appreciative <laughs> of the snacks in his hotel room. So much so that the NBA texted him. And said, "Hey, uh, quiet down." And then he just ended his Instagram live. Um, Jr. Incredible, um, hilarious character. 
I'm excited to see him back on the court. I hope I hope that we can get some some shots and buckets from J.R. Smith from you know from the logo. Um, I I just you know he's so exciting to watch and just remember in the playoffs against Golden State shooting from the C on the uh, the Cleveland C at half court a little bit in front of it to beat the shot clock. And that's just kind of the guy JR is. I hope we can see some big games out of JR. I'd love that for him. Oh, yeah. Some some playoff games. You know, JR is one of those guys who, like Jamal Crawford, can hit, you know, four threes in a right. few-minute stretch and just completely change, you know, the dynamic of a game. So it'll definitely be interesting, man. Like you said, just excited to get basketball back. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's all all we got for you guys today. Yeah, we're working over the next few weeks trying to get a few guests on the show, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, But other than that, Luke and I have talked about, I don't know if it's going to be that first game back. Um, I don't know if we've decided that yet, but we're going to be live streaming uh, as we watch, you know, some magic games coming up here. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So, um, but yeah, once again, appreciate you guys listening. Going to keep these coming every single Monday. So just keep coming back and listening. So for Luke, this has been Jonathan. Thank you guys so much for listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Six Man Show, and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!